0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Saints of Illinois podcast. Today on the podcast we have Max and Noah Prater and Noah Hyde is joining us again. We are the very two Noahs are here. <laughs> exactly, that's right. And today we're going to talk about poverty and wealth and some of the attributes of how Christians should think about those two su- those subjects. So we're going to dive into a little prosperity gospel here, talking about that. We're going to talk about how uh, to handle poverty and wealth and those kind of things. Uh, so I guess starting off, uh, what does the Bible have to say about poverty and wealth? What does it mean? What does God think about it? How should we think about it?
1: I mean, we know the obvious quote from where Jesus says it's easier for a rich man to pass or a camel pass through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter it into paradise or heaven, whatever you put there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, we know that is existing. So obviously there's some type of idea towards the more money you have, the less likely you are to be into the kingdom of God.
0: Hmm. Although Jesus does say, with man this is impossible, with God all things are possible. And he
1: does say that, but he also, and you should, we should also keep in mind that he does save rich people throughout the Bible. Mm-hmm. Like um, Job had the most of everything in the whole land. He mm-hmm. was arguably the most prosperity guy that had ever existed in all the land of Uz. And he was mm-hmm. still saved and glorified God through his whole life, except for when he was going through his trial at a point. But he still glorified and worshipped God. Um, I, that's some. That's a few examples I think we should we should have.
0: Well, I was also thinking of uh, Luke eighteen as you said that with the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and is like, "Hey, you know, how do I get to heaven?" And he's like, you know. Um, <laughs> tell me, have you kept the commandments? And he's like, I've kept all of them. And Jesus goes, hey, uh, why don't you sell your money then and give it all to the poor? And he's like, no. And he leaves. And that seems pretty telling that one of the, you know, his value of his wealth probably, of how much he loved it that he wasn't willing to do, wasn't willing to part with it for God, seems to kind of show that wealth is, can be very, something that gets in the way of Mm -hmm. you, you know, being saved and being willing to humble yourself before God,
1: but like that example as well. But God also does doesn't want us to be extremely poor to the point that we could be we'd have to be begging on the street. Because, does He? No. Because, Hold on a minute. Because it does say in the Bible that the righteous won't be begging on the street. Now that that doesn't mean that you might not be. Where does it say that? At? Uh, you can look it up. I can find it here. Um, But that doesn't mean that you're going to be blessed beyond all measure to have wealth. There will be times probably when you're going to have times in your life where you're going to be struggling with wealth. Um, But God does want us to have a sense of security on this earth and being able to Mm -hmm. afford things is what I'm trying to get at.
2: So there's another verse. Obviously, you you can get pretty good at pulling things out of context. But anyway... James two, sorry, James two five, NIV. Listen, dear brothers and sisters, has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith, and to inherit the kingdom promised to those who love Him? And oh, um,
1: well, I had a really good thought, Noah, and I just forgot it. Darn it! Well, I was going to say I found the one issue, the one section I was talking about. It's in Psalms thirty seven. It's a uh, verse. Oh, that's right. Here we go. It's verse uh, twenty-five, but we could read the context. It says, "Though he fall, he shall be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand." I have been young, and now I'm old; yet I have not seen righteous forsaken, nor his nor his seed begging bread. His ever merciful and lendeth, and his seed is blessed.
3: Hmm.
1: Um. And we, of course, now being under grace, are within the seed of God which is what I believe that. so what is uh could you, could you could you say what referenced that passage it was Psalms 37 25 is the specific one that I was talking about okay but I think that the context is good to read as well I, there's
2: another verse or a selection of verses and I'm just gonna read out of the kgV because the, best version, because of no, the best version, Because No, it's not. It's the greatest. <laughs> but I'm kind of feeling Shakespearean, <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> Paul in Philippians 4, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Thirteen, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound, I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you an odor of sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well pleasing to God. Uh, I guess I could read to the end of the chapter. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches mm-hmm. in glory by Christ Jesus. Now unto God and our Father be... Okay, and then there's the, the benediction thing. So, um, one of the things like that, that verse that's constantly pulled out of context, the I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, um, but then the
1: second part. But really, what, what it's, I
2: was talking about being in need and, and being content and being uh, having plenty. So, I think there are times of blessing and times of need. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. Every, every, I mean, I think we think now, okay, most, a lot of people have always grown up in a home where majority of the time, if not 99% of the time, food has always been on the table. Mm-hmm. There's never been like a, where am I going to get my food today? Mm-hmm. At least uh, for us in this room. Yeah. For us in this room. Yeah. I don't know what kind of listeners, where where our listeners are at geographically, but the, the whole idea is often our affluence is just so prominent that that we don't worry about our, our next meal or anything like mm-hmm. that. So I do think it's interesting that, that Paul had been in both situations where he was, you know, he had times of, of, of being hungry and being in need, and then he had times of where there was
1: overflow and, and plentiful
3: mm-hmm. um,
1: plethoric. Hmm. I mean, some people argue today that there are some, like Christians preachers, even like kind of like Paul, like preachers in sneakers. Have you seen that? Oh like, Don't even get me started. <laughs> um, but there are some preachers today that are arguably having too much. You know, like there are some that have too much of the pie, if you get me. Like they have so much wealth amassed in their church that they can afford so many things that they say they need, but they don't really need. Like a new jet? Yeah. So have, you, have you ever seen the interview where an interviewer, interviewer yeah. person asked him, yeah. he said, I need the jet because on the plane, it's full of demons. Demons, yeah. So I can't be on the plane with demons as they might harm me. He's just making up a bunch of crap. And it is. <laughs> it is. It's a bunch of crap. Because, I mean, if he knew anything about the gospel, well, he knew where Jesus sat. Um, and it's just... I don't know, it's crazy, it's just, that's an instance of wealth can corrupt the gospel.
2: Wealth often corrupts the gospel. Often? Yeah. 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 Have you seen how many preachers and sneakers there are? (laughs)
1: seriously though these guys they they get dressed by somebody at the church you know they don't dress like that oh they look like
2: doofuses that's what they look like they got these $2,000 sneakers and this and this t-shirt tucked into their black pants from Gucci everything Mm -hmm. looks so stupid and it it costs and they're like 50 years old (laughs) And, and a lot of them are, are late 30s, 40s, sometimes even 50s in oh, yeah. they're dressed
1: Dude, it's, it's, it's quite a thing to see. If you ever watch the Hillsong channel, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Hillsong,
2: mean, Elevation, yeah. Kenneth Copeland Ministry. Well, he doesn't no, do that. No, he anything. doesn't dress up like that. He's yeah, pretty but old he's school the same. still. Yeah. He's, He's got, got, Christians. got devil eyes. That's He's not
1: hippie, guy. no. Well, they are, like the hillstone stuff is. Okay, yeah. back on topic. <laughs> well, it is topic. Lungible. I mean, they, they go around, they go, they're flaunting their wealth, they have They have not dressed any way. I mean, mm-hmm. doesn't Paul tell us that we should be dressed modest, at least in church? Not like making a distraction towards people? Wasn't that like, his whole point with Thomas, how to dress? Well,
0: I was going to say, I've, well, I've been reading First Thessalonians, it's just very interesting in there, the way that he... Paul points them constantly to look at our example, look what we did, look how mm-hmm. we behaved when we are with you. And that I would say is the main thing about when you're flaunting your wealth, even, you know, cause a lot of these people, it's not even that they're taking it from their church. I mean, there are some who are taking it from their church. Yeah. There's some who are just all, their book, Business all expenses. their book money, all their money that they get from all their book deals. Cause they're selling, if they're selling books like crazy, mm-hmm. they're making millions of dollars True. off of their books. But how can you be an example for people if you live at a, at a, in a state of wealth that's so far above them. I would also say I don't think your pastor can be an a example if he's so much poorer than you at the same time. I think there's a sense where having a pastor who's about your level of income kind of makes it so that they're not going to puff themselves up or they're not going to be too far down and be like, mm-hmm. man, I wish I had more money You know, I'm doing God's work and I don't have hardly any money. You know, So I feel like there's an extent where I feel like they're, they're rejecting that part of the Bible mm-hmm. that basically says be an example of those right well, well let me drop
3: this bomb does that do those types of pastors and whatever apply to first Timothy six ten? 10 uh, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils it is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs is that should we even call them pastors if they're <laughs> I mean, so like Into buying the latest this or that and
1: I don't I I don't know. I don't know. Like like we can't judge somebody's heart. That's getting to their salvation. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm about to say. I don't know. I don't you can't judge somebody's salvation. Like even though we see them on TV, we see them flaunting their wealth Mm -hmm. it goes we look at our Bible and say what they're doing is wrong Mm -hmm. can we at that point say that their salvation could be questionable? Can we do that? I mean I don't like the Bible says we shouldn't judge a man's salvation because it's between him and God but when the Bible points to so many things and they're going against that.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, again, I don't know if we can make that judgment. I think we can say that their behavior is wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. We
0: can't make a judgment about their soul. We uh, can say their behavior is wrong. We can say that they are, they are definitely falling under that condemnation where God says, you know, teachers are judged by a different standard. You know, not many of you should be teachers because you will be judged by a higher standard because right. of that. And so they seem to be leading them astray. Now, if they're consciously doing it, and consciously say I'm gonna manipulate these people so that I can have lots of money so that I can go. Because I feel like some of these guys would like I feel like they might get to that level. Some of them I feel like might just be like, This is all the money God's given me, why not use it? Why not use it these it that? And they're, they're yeah. preaching maybe they're preaching some gospel truth. I mean, do we
1: do we not but, get like that? I mean if we if we get like um if we get like a decent job that could easily forward past our well being and then, mm-hmm. and then some were like, Well, this is the wealth God's given me, so I should mm-hmm. prosper along with it and use it as I desire and do my tithes. Mm-hmm. And then, beyond that, is do we do that? I mean, yeah. I, I, I've seen myself do it. I've had yeah. jobs in the past where it's like, Well, I got this money. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> well, that at that point, then it becomes an issue of living, living within moderate means and right. not because. If I could afford a BMW, Mm -hmm. no, 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 no. Let's say, (laughs) let's say, if I could afford, you know, whatever, whatever. A Tesla. A A Ferrari. Ferrari. Somewhere, (laughs) somewhere between Tesla and Ferrari, like a couple.
1: Like expensive car.
2: Like pushing, pushing the two hundred, three hundred thousand, you know, just for the sake of argument. Okay. If I could afford that, and I'm like. And you wouldn't be hurting? No, and I wouldn't be hurting. And I'm like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get this. It just, I think it reveals a lot about um, the the heart of it. Yeah. um, Because not that there's anything wrong with like, not that there's inherently anything wrong about that. But the point is, is like, so often it can be traced back to some type of heart issue.
3: It's, Don't not, you guys it's think? not the car, it's the act of buying the car and thinking that the car is everything. <laughs> well, isn't it, isn't it a big
2: issue with pride of, like, you're strolling down the street, literally no one cares, besides the two seconds that they see your car, mm-hmm. what kind of car you have. Yeah. That's about it. I mean you're the one spending the most of the time in your car
1: and it's like yeah you're right so I guess you get to the point of oh why does that person really want that car but they think the car looks nice why do they think the car looks nice like I don't know like like what hard problem would you say that would be then is what I'm trying to ask you like if you if you bought the car I think it
2: could I think it could go down to, to pride
1: you think it could be I think it could be well a lot of things could vary down to pride well, exactly but a lot of things like
2: Pride often manifests itself in the flaunting
0: of what we have. But why, what are you supposed to do with that when you live at a completely different level where that's not the car you could afford? So, I mean, how do you work with that? Because at some point at different income levels, what you can afford and what would be – I mean, at some point it does come down to your heart wherever you are. I mean, Do you think there's something inherently wrong about buying a really expensive car? Like is there something inherently wrong about it or That's is it your heart attitude of how you look at it?
2: So you could buy a million-dollar yacht and as long as your heart is in the right place.
1: I mean personally –
0: I feel like yes. I, I mean I have I, I am not even close to that much money, so I have no idea what it would be like <laughs> at that point. So I can't say a lot. But I'm not sure whether it's completely wrong.
1: I don't know. I mean it, obviously it runs me wrong. I'm I mean like, you can see there being I, a negative right. part to it because you could – instead of spending that million-dollar yacht or that million-dollar car, you could – Spend it on towards helping someone. Yeah, but you could spend the
2: measly amount of money that you... That, okay, let's say all the money we spend on on worthless going out to eat sessions. <laughs> no I'm just going to randomly go to Taco Bell or McDonald's. Not even because I'm hungry, but just, just because. Just because, yeah. Just because. Yeah. Anything like that. I'm just going to buy the, the $8 coffee instead of buy the two dollar coffee which is pretty much the same thing right (laughs) you know that's I mean that's
1: that's the thing is that you know kind of the same I don't know it's I I don't know I don't I I can't say it's the same because I mean a person might see a different taste in the coffee I mean you're getting towards food stuff here that person might see that that coffee is more appealing to them because it might taste better in their eyes. Okay, but with
0: cars, then should you always buy the cheap, absolute cheapest car you can buy to show that you know, to not waste your money and to be you know make sure you have extra money to give or whatever? I mean, where does it go? And that's what I feel like I have a hard time deciding. Is at yeah, what but point don't is you... it being exorbitant and you know way too you know you're just dumping money in places you shouldn't? Don't don't we automatically
2: though? The, but isn't it the case that we we look at someone that gives a lot, supports tons of ministries, uh, is a huge giver just to random, you know, people in need, mm-hmm. and just a, a big giver to the church. Don't we look at those people and automatically think, "Wow, what a big heart! What a genuine heart!" Yeah. Maybe they're not giving it out of the good of their heart, you know. So maybe it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 the same thing. We could look at someone, like you said, it rubs us the wrong way when we see some dude spend a million dollars on a yacht so that he could throw a party that's
1: worth 2 million dollars <laughs> that's
2: that's that's uh, that's $20,000 with all the alcohol and everything and we say wow this guy's heart's in the wrong place mm-hmm. and then we look at someone who gives like that and we say wow this guy's heart is right in the right place mm-hmm. there've been times when i I've, I've given with not always the right heart
0: mm-hmm. yeah and there's also people who give a lot and also spend a tremendous amount of money on things yeah. so then what do you say about that? Because at some level, I mean, I think there is something about wealth that can be tempting, though. I mean, I Jesus does he, say you can't serve both God and God. I, I
1: don't know. I personally, I don't know why it's so tricky. I, why I... It's a, it's tricky to say that if they can donate this much and still buy this, should they just donate the whole lump sum then? But it, it's tricky because it's like, well, they donated. Us that's that's kind lot of the money. easy
2: view, isn't it? Though yeah. I'm just gonna give everything that I have away. It is. It's, it's it's jumping very very quickly.
1: It is, but I mean, but are we supposed to do that? I mean, we didn't see people that were in a lot of wealth that were right with God. Some of them didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like the, the example I gave with Job, God gave him more. If anything. Mm-hmm. than what he had and God never requested him to give it all away to him and we saw that with, um, with the patriarchy they were wealthy as well throughout that and God never asked for him to give everything you have over to me I'm uh, granted it wasn't money it was more so food people and stuff like that
0: well I mean obviously we are all living like that <laughs> mm-hmm. how we live our lives we're living like God doesn't need all your money because if we really believe that God needs all your money like you know We'd, we'd be go living live, in a ha- group house we'd, we'd, group home yeah we could be we'd be monks <laughs> or hermits or something where you just kind of like say i'm going to give away everything and beg Puss on the street yeah that yeah <laughs> and i'm just saying i don't think god it seems like the example of it it seems like there were some wealthy people who followed god and really he didn't say give all your money like i was thinking of an example like uh lydia is a famous example of a lady who was very wealthy in, I think it was Philippi, and she she became a Christian and hosted them in her house, but he didn't tell her, you know, give up all your money and just become a traveling missionary like me. It was like, hey, you know, use your, you know, bless other people with your wealth, but it's not wrong to be wealthy. As long well, as your heart's in the right spot.
1: I, I think we're going to work around to the point of some people are called to have more money than others, or some people are destined to have more money than others,
0: based on just
1: their giftings
0: and what they're able to make. No, just based on what,
1: just based on what God deems, right? Yeah,
0: where they are in their life
1: at this point, yeah. Or no, I'm just saying like God could look at a person that's kind of that, it's kind of a predestination thought almost, but except with wealth. It's like God looks at mm-hmm. a person at birth and says, "You were destined to have a lot of money. You're going to have a lot of money." And then He might look at somebody and says you're not going to have a lot of money, so you're not going to have a lot of money. I mean, should we look at it like that? I mean, because God's not convicting those people who have a lot of money to give their money. That are mm-hmm. Christians, like there are people on the right, like you said, that do have a lot of money, and they're not being convicted. So or, can we say then that they're called to have that amount that amount of money?
0: That's a good question.
1: I w- that's a tricky one. Yeah, It's it's very tricky, but it's like there's no other way you can see around it in my eyes unless you guys have it. No,
0: I, I do agree with you that I think there is an extent where just, yeah, everyone has a certain level that God wants for them. And at some point, if you're not living in sin where you're valuing stuff too much and you're, you have an open hand and you're able to have a heart that desires God more than anything else around you, then I think that is where you I, should be.
3: I know this is probably generic, but I've been told by... Many people that I've talked to about like making good decisions, like just be wise with what you got. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's pretty bland and pretty <laughs> you know shallow, but and generic. But I think it helps, like especially you know making decisions in life. Just base it upon what you know about the Bible, what you know about God, and make the best wise decision possible.
1: hmm yeah. yeah. If you don't,
3: learn from your mistakes. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, it, it, you're you're right. I mean, that's the way we should live every day today. Right. I don't know. It just seems mm-hmm. weird to say that some people are, are, are allowed to have more wealth than others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just... It's, it's, it's it, weird to think like that. Yeah.
3: I mean, I've, I've never thought of it that way, so... Yeah, I, I, I mean, I,
1: I've heard only one pastor I think in my life have sat down to say that they should be able to have... Like, some people are called to have more wealth than others. I don't know.
0: Some yeah, people. I mean, I, I just think they're, we see in the world that seems like that's how it works.
2: Most of those people probably have not always been wealthy, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's some people that were the wealthy, though. Which goes fall. back to Paul's thought.
2: Time of need time of plenty. Of mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Hmm.
0: yeah I mean there's just some point where you have to see it that way another thing I was going to say is going into another topic um, slightly with the poverty and wealth thing
3: mm-hmm.
0: what do you think about how we should think about the poor because I think one of the tricky things I think is that where's the, I feel like there has to be a balance between seeing the poor as people who just, you need to give without expecting anything in return mm-hmm. like you know, it talks about in the Bible but at the same time there is an extent of helping people and trying to actually get them out of poverty as well. And so, I don't know, what do we, what do we think about that? I mean, from a personal level and kind of a more societal level.
2: Poverty is a pretty comfortable place to be. You think? Mm, you get handouts.
1: I don't right know, now, man, in America. like there's a lot of, like it, it depends not, on who you are and your situation. With I'm the just saying, like I've seen that a lot in homeless people. I mean, the homeless people—they yeah, have can, a lot of opportunities. I think
2: you can make like forty thousand dollars a year begging.
1: You can get okay. You might be. <laughs> really? You might. Just it like depends where you, you right are now. and what. You, <laughs> it depends where you are. I've known people who have fought and struggled to not to not be homeless. Like they, they can't really get many programs like that, and if you're out in the middle of the countryside, you can't really beg like that. Mm-hmm. And so I've I've known people who've had to live in hotel rooms. Because they have nowhere to live, so they have to work their lives off and try to pay four hundred dollars a week or so to stay in the stupid hotel room, or two hundred dollars, however much it was, just to stay in a hotel room so they could live, mm-hmm. not on the street. I, I don't know. It's going it, to say a hundred dollars a night. It's yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Well, they know. They know. They get an apartment. But a lot of apartments won't let you sign up for an apartment unless you're working for so long. Sure. Like a part wants to see that you're working for at least six months before they'll let you sign up for something like that. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a student or something like that, they might make an exception.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just think that, I think it is tricky because I think, I think there's a lot of places where, you know, Jesus says, you know, give expecting nothing in return. You're kind of the Pharisees. He was criticizing them for wanting to be seen instead of just doing what was right. Um, so I guess. My perspective on it would be, I think it's tricky, because like, for you do think about like homeless people mm-hmm. trying to figure out how do you help them, right? Because at some point, you want to help them to go further, right? You want to have them go to a homeless shelter and go further.
1: Which but at the I, same time,
0: yeah. you want to keep them from starving. So mm-hmm. if they, if you need to give them money, then they might misuse the money. Well, that's but, why a
1: lot of people do the gift card stuff. Well,
0: I remember hearing... Or
1: just buy them the food. I
0: can't remember if it was... I read an article on Desiring God. I can't remember if it was by John Piper or someone else just talking about the whole idea of, like... At some level, God cares more about the heart of your action mm-hmm. than whether it, what, succeeds, what, whether it succeeds. succeeds or not. So at some point, just being faithful and giving to people, yeah. if it doesn't, even if it doesn't succeed. I mean,
1: you can't help if the person does take that money and run away with it. Or <laughs> go
0: you know buy alcohol or whatever. That uh, wasn't your intention of uh, okay. giving. Like, if I'm giving, to them,
1: I'm, I'm giving to the attention of you're buying food, water, shelter with this, mm-hmm. if I were to give them money instead of them going out and buying whatever they wanted.
0: But are we responsible? For some of, for somewhat, if if it's a habit, there's of a level of the money.
2: there's a level of complicity, and then there's a level of responsibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. So being complicitous, if I mm-hmm. get this right, is is you're not is is more of an apathy type of thing, and then and then being responsible is like well, obviously, you know. You're, you're directly correlated to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for instance, if I buy something from, Nike. you know, Nike or one of the, one of the places, the Gucci.
1: No, Gucci. just
0: kidding, just kidding. But if I buy
1: something from <laughs> Max, but if you the, wore a Gucci thing one day, I I'm don't not, know what to think. No, no, it's not happening.
0: Would you be something. able to be friends with him anymore? I don't know if I could. Probably not. <laughs> oh boy,
1: cast me. I t- mean, t- if, if Max has fallen that far, <laughs>
2: cast me unto perdition. I anyway, I if, I, if, I, if I buy something from, from a department store and it's made in a sweatshop in India, technically I'm being complicitous. Mm-hmm. But I don't know whether I'm being directly responsible, whether I'm directly responsible for that. Because it's happening anyway. Mm-hmm. So I'm not stopping anything. I'm not shutting down the operation. <laughs> But I'm not. I'm I'm kind of somewhere, poised in the middle. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I think it was David Hume who talked about being.
1: Well, but you know the idea. Scottish philosopher. But of course, the difference between the homeless people and that idea is that with the business, we have an idea they are most likely doing that. Like we have like um, news reporters who have confirmed kind of that thing. But with a individual, individual level, yeah, you could say there's a high chance they're going to do something like that. But you don't have a better evidence to show they are going to do that. You have statistics and stuff, yeah. but it's still an individual.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there is an extent where it, it depends. I think there are factors that you can't, you can't handle. I think if you are in somebody's life, and rather than just giving them tons of stuff, I think there's a balance between giving them stuff and also trying to encourage them to okay, get a job I, and to find a way I, to go I, further.
2: I had a really good friend who said the homeless just want friends. They honestly don't really – I mean they'll take your money. But they don't really want your money. They just want some friends, normal friends, which I think is I think it's fairly profound because yeah. it's just – I mean – if somebody gives him 10 minutes of their day instead of just passing them by mm-hmm. there was one time i i have a friend um well his i think his name is Adrian anyway he he was he was a homeless guy and he i sat down with him a meal with him and um yeah so like i paid for his meal mhm but i just sat there for you know 45 minutes, an hour with him and, and chatted with him mm-hmm. like I would do with anyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a sense, I was, I was treating him normal, mm-hmm. even though in a, in a very, in the world's eyes, he was not very normal.
1: Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're still human beings. They're human
3: yeah, beings. They're
1: human beings. Yeah. I, I, but you guys are right. There is some factor to a lot of the homeless majority of a mental illness that restricts them from working. Because mm-hmm. we've seen like social experiments uh, online of people trying homelessness where they just drop their day-to-day lives and all their possessions and everything and say, I'm living on the streets for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they slowly work themselves up to the point of being a productive individual to society. Mm-hmm. Now, it takes them a few weeks, but they do eventually do that. But So there is, to some degree, something to do with the mental health of the individual. Yeah, there
0: is a mental health aspect of where... There's problem, there might be something deeper than just the homelessness, or just mm-hmm. a unwillingness to work, and there might be actually an incapability in of working. Because mm-hmm. obviously there is the Bible talks about working hard and not being lazy, but it also talks about being generous to those who are in need and who need your help. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. All right. Well, that was kind of a wide-ranging discussion here, <laughs> a lot of different things, but uh, hopefully it was at least a little enlightening about how, uh, how poverty and wealth, how Christians should think about it. So thank you for joining us on this episode of The Saints A Little Knowing. We'll see you later.